Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Roll with Coda and roll on over to our digital fare management system that lets you digitize dollars and save money every time you ride. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Learn more at Coda.com forward slash transit app. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fansack. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. We got a power pack Friday for you with Yankees baseball returning in earnest uh, five times this weekend against the Mets. Uh, So we're going to talk about what happened in Atlanta, the disaster that was Aaron Judge's return to injured land. Uh, and we're going to play a little game at the end talking about uh, how confident we are in these various injured Yankees returning in full strength in time for the playoffs. Uh, should be a great time, or at least a tolerable time, or at least as great a time as you can have talking Yankees baseball these days. Uh, remember, please find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and drop us a five-star review and a comment. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love some mailbag questions, so please throw those our way. Thomas, uh, are you ready to pop off as much as I am? Because uh, life's still not great. Yeah, five games, three days, absolutely no plan for pitching. It's got to make you feel good. Uh, Clark Schmidt's still not here. Uh, disastrous sweep against the Braves. So, I mean, the only silver lining here is that we're playing the Mets, who uh, disappoint every single day. Aside from yesterday, what a day for the Mets yesterday. Let's let's touch on that for a second. Uh 
the great stunt there to uh, take the field, then leave, put a Black Lives Matter shirt on home plate, and then they're done with the game. Obviously, a nice little coordination with the Marlins. Um, and Brody Van Wagenen on a hot mic calling out Rob Manfred and saying that he is just out of touch as a leader because he wanted he, – he had suggested apparently to the Wilpons that the Mets should take the field at 7-10, leave the field in some sort of uh, – gesture or stunt to uh, show that they were bringing some sort of attention to uh, the uh, police brutality and uh, racial injustice, um, and then saying that they should take the field an hour later and just play the game because there are too many schedule issues at this point. Uh, Rob, you made the schedule issues. You decided to not give any grace periods for um, the potential COVID cases, travel issues, weather delays, whatever. Um, So if the players want to strike or boycott a couple of games you have to you're gonna have to uh take that and figure it out and let them make it up however they feel um but yeah big day big day for the Mets and uh just couldn't let that go overlooked well yeah how about uh how about Brody clearly being caught in a hot mic trashing Rob Manfred and then a verified Mets account saying fire Manfred (laughs) and then Brody coming out and being like I wasn't talking about Rob Manfred I was talking about my direct boss it was like you were not you were literally talking about the commissioner of baseball it's it's okay it it happened it's it's fine the commissioner can't fire you he's got a lot of other stuff on his plate to screw up um now we get to watch rob manford try to figure out a postseason bubble which like uh best of luck it's a great idea it probably should have been uh theorized like three or four months ago but rob manford has yet to competently figure out any logistics having to do with the 2020 season or really has yet to show that he enjoys baseball and that baseball is among his favorite sports. So uh, good luck getting this one to the finish line. Uh, that's probably the only silver lining in Yankee land right now is that you never know when the season could stop. Uh, so you might as well enjoy hating the team while you still can. Uh, 16 and six to 16 and 11. Uh, it's annoying to follow a six game winning streak with a five game losing streak. But it's a little more understandable when you realize that they've played uh, exclusively those five games in like a 10 day window, including a doubleheader in Atlanta when it felt like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Ian Anderson in his major league debut dominates the Yankees, almost throws a no hitter. Garrett Cole gives up a home run to the first batter he faces, and the game's pretty much over from there. Uh, and the nightcap, they nurse a one nothing lead for a really long time, absolutely cannot hit the baseball. And Chad Green throws one bad pitch, and suddenly it's the top of the seventh inning, and that game is also over, and it's 2-1. They have a lot of problems. They have no pitching staff lined up for the weekend, like Thomas said, and they have no pitching staff lined up for the foreseeable future. And somehow the offense is still the number one problem, regardless of the personnel. Uh, There's obviously missing injured people. And that's great. But the people who are left over... Roll with Coda and roll on over to our digital fare management system that lets you digitize dollars and save money every time you ride. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Learn more at Coda.com forward slash transit app. We're still pretty good, and there's a good selection of hitters. You should probably be doing a better job of posting runs and working the count and doing all the things that good offenses do. Man, these games feel over as soon as the other team scores one run, don't they? Uh, totally. Uh, 12 runs in the last five games over the course of this five-game losing streak. Um, really, really just not good. 
not really working the count, not seeing pitches well, it seems. Um, and we discussed this on the site this week, how, you know, everyone's talking about the Yankees depth for the past two years. I understand in 2018 and 2019, it, it was admirable because they won over a hundred games while missing so many key players. But this year, not really the case. Uh, the depth kind of stepped up for uh, a, a quick second, and now it's kind of gone. And I feel bad for Brian Cashman because the work he's done has, has just been tremendous. Uh, we went through all these signings from um, uh, Thyro Estrada to Mike Ford to trading for Luke Voigt, all these things that were super under the radar when they happened. And, and Mike Talkman can't forget about him. Um, and now, aside from Voight, who is the only person who can show that he can still hit at the moment, um, nobody else is really stepping up at all. Uh, the production at the plate has been terrible. Um, and Cashman's hard work is, is kind of being swept under the rug here because we do, we're putting out a B lineup that could be a major league lineup for you know, a good chunk of teams out there. And they're just not performing. And it could be, you know, a morale issue with all these injuries and, you know, the clubhouse looking different with all these guys out. Um, I don't know. I'm not a pro baseball player. I don't know how the, I don't know what the dynamic is. Um, and then, you know, when you have a manager like Boone, who is a great guy, but uh, he's kind of been off his rocker for this five game losing streak too, with these, with, with these decisions, especially the pitching decisions. Um, and uh We'll get into that in a second, but um, Garrett Cole concerned me a little bit. Ten home runs and seven starts this year. I know he gives up home runs. I know Verlander gave up, like, what, 36 home runs and 34 starts last year and still won the Cy Young. But uh, the fact of the matter is, going into this year after signing Garrett Cole, the Yankees knew they couldn't really afford to lose games in which he started, and they've already lost two out of seven. Um, I don't know how alarmed we should be about that do I think they should win seven out of seven probably not um but it's not looking great on that front especially with the last two games he's given up five home runs against the Rays and uh the Braves just I don't know I, I don't know I don't know how you're feeling but um it's just concerning because he's the one guy that we kind of need right now to just blow people away and give the offense a chance I understand the offense isn't giving him much confidence over the last couple of games and his last couple starts. But um, I just feel like right now he's got to be the guy throwing seven shutout with 10 strikeouts. And that's just got to be the end of it. Yeah. It's unfortunate to say uh, the teams that are reliant on this, like one savior, it, it's never a successful vision because that, that guy is going to falter. You know, the Garrett Cole is not always going to be giving up four runs to the Braves, but there you're going to lose some Garrett Cole starts. So if you have it baked into your contention equation that you can never lose a Garrett Cole game, then that's not going to go well for you because that's just the way ba that's the way the baseball bounces. And yeah, he was almost perfect in Houston last year, but that's not going to last, especially in a shortened season. Every game he escapes, you know, with his full body intact is a win at this point. So <laughs> the rotation is is half of what it should be at the very best. You know, you come into the year assuming. You, you've got Cole and Severino, and then in the secondary tier, Tanaka and Paxton, and then the fifth starter's gravy, and Severino goes down immediately. Uh, he would be essential right now, by the way. It would yep. be huge to have Luis Severino. We've already forgotten we lost him because it was late February. Uh, but don't think I forgot. Uh, he, he was 
I was told in February that Severino was not making a scheduled bullpen that day because it was his birthday party the day prior. Uh, yeah, Yankees media loves to loves to find reasons for someone's absence when it turns out the real reason is uh, <laughs> they're hurt as hell and they're not coming back. Um, and then we've lost Paxton now, who even when he was here, you know, I, I'm I'm a very pessimistic fan, but you know, the, you you watch Paxton's first start and you go, oh, he I can't count on him anymore. And uh, now he's gone, but was he ever not gone? He he wasn't here. So that's two rotation spots occupied by people who should be above average major league pitchers to all-star type. You know, these are Cy Young level starters and they're, they're both gone or gone in name only. So uh, having Cole is sort of the only rock. I mean, Jordan Montgomery is, is, is at a level of trust right now that he probably shouldn't be. He should be gravy. Like I said, and he is now like, we got to win the Monty starts. Like this is, this is horrible. And the only reason that there's still a good chance that this very incomplete team trips into the postseason is because uh, the people at the fringes of the playoff race are also not exactly complete teams. It's you, you must beat out at this point. The Orioles is the, are the only borderline team and the Blue Jays are in the playoff field. The Orioles are on the outside looking in. And then beyond that, it's, it's the Tigers and some, you know, pretty underperforming uh, AL central teams. So it's, you know, you can't be confident. They're, the people are not here. There, there are no people here to say the Yankees are going to be fine and turn it around. I mean, the Yankees that are here need to play a degree better, and they probably will. And the schedule does get a little bit easier in September. But the, the cavalry is not walking through that. This isn't going to be an entirely different team in two weeks. It's going to be these people, and they're going to need to perform better. True. And Boone's got to help us out a little bit. Uh, I, I, I hate to get down on the guy cause I love him, but the, this five game losing streak has seemingly, I don't know if he's just trying something different. I don't know if he's, you know, trying to spice things up and, and switch things around. Uh, but it seems his flaws have all come out during this five game, uh, losing streak with the lineup. You know, we saw the other day that Frazier wasn't in the lineup against, uh, the, the Tuesday rain out, the, Judge was DHing, which we talked about. We understood, but Frazier wasn't in the lineup. Why? Why is Frazier not in the lineup? We need the lineup as potent as it can possibly be while we have all these injuries. And it now is not the time to be platooning, you know, Clint Frazier and like Luke Voigt. Like Voigt, Voigt, yes, is the starter, but like we'll see Voigt sit some days on like when we're regular, when the team's like regularly healthy like these guys have to be playing as much as humanly possible and his management of the bullpen and the pitching staff. I don't want to be captain hindsight, but you're sitting there, you're watching Tanaka. He's 66 pitches through five innings. He's the Braves can't touch him. Every pitch he's throwing, they, they, they're guessing every single time their guess was as good as mine. If I were to step into the batter's box, Tanaka apparently tells him we learned after the game, Tanaka tells him that uh, his, the, the tank was starting to run a little bit low. Okay. Well, as a manager, do you just nip it in the bud right there? Or do you say, you know what, let's see what you got for the sixth. If the wheels start to come off, we got a fully rested bullpen. We got guys who could take it over. Why not take that risk? Because then you bring in Chad Green. Love Chad Green. The guy's on 10 days rest. For some reason, we opted to not pitch him during the race series. We still don't know why. There have been no answers. We thought he had, we thought he had coronavirus because there was just nothing on – on the Chad Green front, he just a fair assumption. Pitching. A fair yeah, assumption. A very fair assumption. He wasn't pitching, and he's literally our best reliever at this time. He is blowing batters away, and he comes into the game. He blows the first two batters away. If Chad Green blows the last batter away, we're probably not talking about this. But guess what? 
this is this is where I don't agree with pitching changes where you get into the traditional, okay, starter goes seven innings, he's going great, we're going setup man, we're going closer. No. If the opposing lineup can't hit the starter, just leave the starter in. There is no reason to give the opposing lineup another look and another different uh, pitcher to come in and change things up. They are having enough trouble hitting this guy or even seeing the pitches, and you're going to bring in a guy with completely different styles and Chad Green who's you know very much different from Tanaka, and now you know it kind of gives the Braves life. It, he got the first two outs, and then it was single, and Freddie Freeman cranks an opposite field home run. 2-1 lead. You knew the game was over after that, even though the Yankees had the top of the seventh. Um, and I hate to be sitting here acting as if, like, I would have made the right decision, but whenever I am watching these games and, and starters are cruising, I never believe in taking them out. And even if Tanaka told him he was tired, just trot him out for the – he needs all of the innings he can possibly get under his belt before the postseason. He had a delayed start to the year after getting hit with the line drive. He had that great start in Tampa. Why are we taking him out after five innings in a shortened seven-inning game? He can afford to go the extra inning, and then you have your pick of the litter, who you want to throw out for the seventh. I don't agree with this move. I, didn't, I, we, I was talking on a text thread with my friends who were also Yankee fans, and we were sitting there saying, Boone is going to pull Tanaka after the fifth, and not good things are going to happen. And we were right. Um, and I just I don't agree with taking out a starter when he's cruising, especially Tanaka, a guy who needs all of the innings possible. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. To get ready for the postseason, because we're going to need him to go seven innings in the postseason, regardless of who we're playing. Yeah, I, I wasn't watching the game. Um, I am on vacation. Uh, it's been incredibly relaxing. I definitely, you know, what a week to be away. I definitely haven't thrown a television through a, a beach <laughs> front window. Um, but, you know, there is absolutely nothing like uh, checking your phone, checking the scores at a place where there's very little service. Uh, seeing that it's one nothing, two outs, bottom six, uh, 0-2 pitch to Dansby Swanson, uh, putting your phone away for a couple of seconds and pulling it right back out, just looking for that final strike and realizing that uh, it never came and a two-run home run happened. Uh, it, it absolutely rules. Uh, 2020 is just an endless parade of these very predictable, terrible endings for, uh, for you and me. And it does, it, it is unfortunate. It, it's kind of a hard time to talk about baseball inefficiencies or whatever the game is undergoing a lot of uh, strife there's a lot of protest this week um incredibly well thought out i'd say across the board other than the stuff that came directly from the managers uh, the the commissioner's office um by and large players are handling it with a plum and we we applaud them and and this is sort of amazing initiative that we've seen uh adding on to all my frustration though uh, the Yankees product on the field, every time it appears, it's wildly disappointing. And then the Yankees have been completely silent with regards to uh, statements on these sort of very important social issues that I would like to see them uh, make an attempt to uh, even discuss in some capacity. You got minor leaguers yesterday, uh, Kanon Smith, uh, Yankees minor league offensive player of the year last year, and Chris Gittens, who's a power hitting first baseman, played for Trenton last year. 
uh, kind of going off on Twitter, asking the Yankees organization to have their back in these conversations. And uh, that Friday morning, still no statement. So uh, if I sound if I sound sour at the Yankees, it's because uh, they can't perform on the field, can't make the right decisions, can't show up to play on the field. Uh, lost games they absolutely shouldn't have lost. Lost pretty much essential wins that you have to bag in a season like this. And have also bungled the social justice football team. And they took, what, what was it when uh, George Floyd was killed? by the police they took two weeks to release a statement and not only was it the first one not a statement it was just a quote from nelson mandela as if yes we don't know who that guy is like you have to you have to let us know who this person is um apparently they took two weeks to listen uh i don't know what they're listening to um i don't know look i don't know what the pr situation is there but you know you are the richest and probably most recognizable sports organization in the world, not not America, the entire world, and you don't have a PR team that can release a statement that um, can help the everyday fan relate to what's going on or show that, you know, you, you have to think that a majority of the fan base of the Yankees are minority folks. You go to the Bronx, you go to games, it's, you know, it's, it's not all white dudes. You know, you have that's a that's a lot of the, that's that's certainly a, a good portion of the fan base, but the Yankees have a very diverse fan base. So the fact that they are not prepared in these instances to quell concerns or make people feel comfortable or make people feel like they're on the right side of this is concerning, uh, and it's uh, it's an underutilization of whatever whoever they're employing in this role because we're sure the PR person for the Yankees makes a healthy amount. Um, and you'd think they have a little bit more experience on this front. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm just a guy. I don't really know much. Uh, and I'm here talking about it. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, but let's have fun now. Let's play a little game. What, what, what game do we have today? Yeah, let's, let's have some joy in our lives, I guess. Um, there is a number of New York Yankees players uh, who aren't on the field right now, who we probably expected to see at the end of August. Uh, they've all been felled by injuries, uh, random conditioning, minor, major, who knows, stuff keeps happening. Aaron Judge came off the IL uh, this weekend only to not start in the field in a rained out game one, uh, not start game one of a doubleheader the next day, start game two and re-injure his calf running the second base, uh, doing normal baseball player behavior. So clearly wasn't 100% as he told the media 100 times. Um, so this brings us to a game. We've got a lot of Yankees on the shelf right now to assess. Uh, we are going to rate one through 10, how confident we are that these various injured Yankees whose injuries all seem relatively minor, but they just simply will not go away. How confident we are that these players will be full strength by the time the playoffs roll around. And Thomas, I feel like we just have to start with Aaron judge who has now disappeared twice in two weeks uh, and both times it's been equally mysterious. How confident are you that judge will be judged by the time October rolls around? Not entirely confident. Um, I, it, we, we heard from a couple of reports out there from doctors talking about his calf issue that it could take up to a month to heal. If you're hearing that and just, I don't know, he's telling everybody he's hundred percent and that he shouldn't have went on the IL and then he comes back and plays six innings and jog and, you know, jogs to second base. And now he's injured again. It's not a good sign. Um, I don't, I, I can't feel confident at this point. I would like to, I pray that he's good enough for October. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it a pessimistic six on the scale of 10 that 
Um, he will be full go Aaron judge who we saw tear the cover off the ball at the start of this year. I was, uh, wow. You're, you're more optimistic than I am. I was, I was going to go much lower. I, I, I'm going to, you know, there's, there's no evidence pointing me in the right direction at this point. I've seen judge, uh, I, I've seen it all from the, the judge injury narrative. I've heard that he's fine from both him and management. And then, well, he's getting another extra day off for no reason. Uh, he's getting a third day off for scheduled maintenance. He's hitting the IL, but it's not serious. Uh, he's 100% healthy and ready to come off the IL. Well, actually, after a couple innings, he, he's already not healthy again. Uh, and I, I trust the independent doctor who said it could take a month for this type of thing to heal more than I trust Judge, who obviously wants to play. And this is not an indictment of Judge. He he would gut through anything. And I and he gutted through a broken a rib, lung. <laughs> punctured lung in last year's postseason. I, if this were the playoffs and he weren't 100% and he were hobbled, I think he would still play. I think yeah. the optics are frustrating because they want him 100% right, not in Judge speak, but in, you know, medical doctor lingo for when October rolls around. It, so – if this were the ALDS, he would be on the field, I'm pretty confident. But how much of a behemoth he would be depends on how much he allows himself to heal over the next few weeks and how he manages to not make things worse. So I'll give this a, a, I'll give this a four. I'm not very confident. We don't have a lot of time left. And I do think he is going to come back before. Like, there's, he's not going to – his first game isn't going to be, you know, October 1st. He's going to come back before that as long as there's no complication – but I don't have a body of evidence yet that shows he, he can properly heal without like a, a month of rest because that's what a, that's what a doctor told me. Uh, so next up, uh, a mysterious figure who many of us have forgotten about. Giancarlo Stanton is on this team. He approximates a lot of what Aaron Judge does well. He's also got this mysterious uh, hamstring issue. Uh, calf stuff, his body just hurts, couldn't handle the turf in Tampa. He's reportedly swinging and is about a week or so away, according to Brian Cashman on a conference call Thursday night. Thomas... Is Giancarlo Stanton in the lineup for the first playoff game the Yankees play this season? If they manage to make it to the postseason, how confident are you? Um, will he be in the lineup? I am, I think at this point, best case scenario is it's what happened last year. He's in the lineup for uh, maybe get, I mean, did he didn't play the, the DS, did he last year? Uh, yeah, he did. He, he, he wasn't did? very helpful, but he did. Yeah. So I, th but he, it wasn't, he wasn't playing like every day. I don't even remember. I feel like it was, it's, it's all a blur, but anyway, I just remember very vividly. He blasted the home run in the first game of the ALCS. Um, I am viewing this as gonna, it's going to be another staggered type thing. He, his body, his lower body, same with judge. Clearly there, there is an issue. Um, he had this before um, the season started in spring training. He was, they, they thought it would be a month. It was, it was probably longer than that. Now this hamstring issue was, is all is going to take up to a month again, calf, hamstring, quad, whatever. Um, I don't know what's going on, but I think that he'll be, you know, a uh, kind of a part-time contributor come the playoffs based on what we've been seeing, because if he comes back, you know, say next week, I don't understand how he'll be able to just remain healthy for, you know, the rest of September and all of October just based on the history in terms of what we've seen. I am going to treat this the same way I'm treating my optimism, pessimism about Donald Trump being reelected in November. I'm assuming the worst until I'm given better news. Um, and that's where I'm at with Stanton. I, I give it a two just because I, I can't bank on him being in the everyday lineup for the postseason. 
and being Giancarlo Stanton because every time I bank on him, he breaks my heart. Like if, if he is in the ALCS last year, hitting opposite field lasers, it's an entirely different series. And we saw that from the first game. The Yankees in game one of that series were good enough to beat the Houston Astros. All they had to do was replicate that a few more times. And they still had Luis Severino on the mound and they had a few more Tanaka starts and they had a lot of home games and they were never able to look like the same team again uh, because Stanton left the lineup. Edwin Encarnacion got bumped up a notch. He had one of the worst Octobers you'll ever see. Cameron Mabin can't approximate Stanton. Talkman's gone. And then look at that. It's a different lineup. Um, so I will give it a two. It, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me about Stanton's recovery. And he, he can maybe hit, maybe hits three home runs in a game in the last week of the season. Nothing will sway my opinion from this two until the playoffs are over. And the hunk of metal, as Rob Manfred calls it, is residing in the Bronx. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. And I can't be confident I will see it. Um, which brings me to James Paxton, who thinks he will make a few starts before the playoffs begin. Uh, that's what he says. We all thought he was going to have Tommy John surgery a week ago. Uh, apparently, that's not the case. He avoided it. He got good news, but the good news isn't great news because he still has an elbow injury and like a month before October starts. And he's only looked like himself in very brief fits and starts. So he's able to no hit the Rays or shut them out for half a game. And that's great. But we have, and he's still throwing 92 and he's, he's looking like late career CC Sabathia instead of prime James Paxton. Where are you in comfort level that we see Paxton looking something like Paxton before the playoffs start? That's a tough one. But before I get into that, just want to clarify the Stanton stuff. I'll give him a four for the postseason, And he did play in three games in the ALDS. I just forgot he was there because he got one hit in um, 11 plate appearances. I remember it because early in game one, uh, he like had a big run scoring opportunity and, and grounded out. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was like, oh, great. So this great next man up team is just going to do this yeah. again in the playoffs. Like this is where we are. And yep. then at some point early in that game, he really, he pimped a walk too and like chucked his bat. And like my sucker friends and I were like, uh Oh, Stanton's here now. <laughs> like where we get, I've been fooled by the Yankees a thousand times. Yeah. So this podcast is a pretty good way for me to maybe temper my expectations. A little bit. But <laughs> carry on. Anyway, for Paxton, um, he is probably, and this is not an indictment on him. I'm the least confident in him just for a multitude of reasons. We've known this guy, um, he has the longest history, I guess, in terms of the people that we're talking about on this, in this game, uh, of being injury prone. Um, going back to his days in Seattle, going back to last year, heading into this year, lower back surgery for a freak thing, um, took time to get up to speed, then finally started looking good. Now we're talking about a flexor strain. It's that's rarely ever good news. Uh, I'm not, thank God he doesn't need Tommy John, but that could degenerate into Tommy John if it's not rested well enough. Um, we've already seen issues with his windup. Um, he lost velocity likely because of the lower back surgery and issues with his mobility in his hip and his lower back and, and getting back up to speed. Um, and the flexor strain is bad news. Uh, like I kind of hypothesized because I am a doctor and I know everything. Um, I think that the flexor strain could be a direct result of him maybe overusing his arm in his pitching motion because of the issue with his lower back that was likely affecting his legs and his glutes. Um, and uh, the flexor strain gives me no confidence. Uh, typically, when you see guys go down with this uh, in a regular season, 
162 game slate, I think teams would be a little bit more cautious, maybe keep him on the IL for, you know, an extra stint uh, just to make sure things are okay. Uh, But typically these aren't quick recoveries. It can be a lingering issue as well. Um, I don't see him coming back and being effective James Paxson as we have been um, accustomed to uh, witnessing in, I guess, patches since he's, since he's come to the Yankees. Yeah. I'm going to go with three in terms of he makes a playoff start. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't, I I'm even less confident than that, that he looks anything like what he should look like. Uh, I'm glad he had a big Yankee moment last year. He's a good guy and he has given a lot to this team in a short amount of time. Uh, There is also this sort of disgusting baseball ethics element of he's not under contract for next year. Uh, He's almost definitely not going to be a Yankee in 2021. I don't think they're going to use their money on, uh, I didn't think they're going to use their money on an injury prone Paxton anyway. And now I extra don't think they're going to do that. Um, but there's sort of this ethical argument of Cashman and Boone uh, and Matt Blake can really do whatever they want with him because he's not their problem as soon as the clock strikes December. Uh, so even if he doesn't feel totally up to it, odds are pretty high he's going to be making a postseason. Oh, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their... This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I got to take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Start if he's proven anything in the warm-ups. Uh, so I'll, I'll go three or four that he's sort of semi-confident on the mound in a game two or three. Uh, probably game three, but I will give almost no credence to the fact that he's going to look anything close to normal. Um, so finally, uh, our maybe our most mysterious injury target, uh, Glaber Torres. Uh, he he hurt himself tripping on the way to first base. Uh, looked like either nothing or everything. Looked like either he stubbed his toe or ruptured his Achilles. There's kind of no in between. Uh, turned out he strained two different parts of his body doing normal human behavior, uh, doing a thing you'd be doing even if you weren't playing baseball. Uh, And some doctors, according to the Cashman Zoom, again, from Thursday, uh, they're sort of targeting anywhere from three to six weeks for full healing on this. Um, I I don't know what that means, but are you at, where are you on Glaber? Where where are you? What is this? What is going on? I mean, uh, we just can't play the Rays anymore. I don't understand how people can't, we can't run the bases or just, run track down a fly ball doesn't seem to make any sense uh glaber um i'll be a little bit optimistic on glaber i guess um i'll give him a seven to be back and ready for the postseason uh however this is a double strain um if he's out for that long um it's not going to be good for his development this year he's already shown um significant issues on the defensive side um which we believe have has affected his confidence at the plate um don't know what he was finally rebounding at the plate and was making, I guess, a little bit uh, giving us a little bit more confidence in the field by uh, chopping down his excessive errors uh, towards the end here, but tripping on your way to first base, I think it was a strained quad and a strained hamstring. If I'm not mistaken, Uh, either way, even if it was a calf, if it was a hip, whatever it's lower body, he's going to need all this mobility to cover all the range at shortstop. Um, I, if I'm the Yankees, I err on the side of caution here, give him an extra 
extra, you know, whatever, it, another stint, a couple extra days uh, before thrusting him into the starting lineup because we can't be missing him in the postseason. I, I give it a seven. Yeah, in a world in which Stanton, Judge, and LeMahieu all work their way back, you know, the, the lineup is not built to lose four MVP candidates, but it is built to lose one. Uh, so the longer it takes to get Gleyber Torres right, it's it's totally fine. Uh, like you said, there, there are real mobility issues there, whether he's injured or not. There's a lot we don't like at shortstop, so there's no reason to add to his uncertainty by putting him out there before he feels like he's fully healed. I do give him a six and a half or a seven just because there, there's no, you know, he, he's, he joined the club of people who've been injured by doing pretty much nothing, but there's no defined injury history there. The Tommy John surgery on a freak slide does not impact my assessment of Gleyber Torres's injuries. Uh, it's just weird. It's probably an over under training thing. He came back wrong. Everybody did. And it bit him. Uh, I, I do think he will be back and hitting by the postseason, but if he needs to be used as a DH, um, that's not what this lineup was built for. And hopefully at no point do they have to dive into that weird. Well, the roster is not constructed to withstand that. Um, and this is all bad, bad, not fun. Um, we're, we're going to hope for the best. We're not going to, you know, there's enough, there's enough to complain about and be pessimistic about, especially we're at the Yankees low point in the season. If it gets any lower than this, um, with this roster and the expectations for this year, then I think we're in trouble. Um, we really got to bounce back here and we got to, we got to take four from the Mets. It, it's just, it just has to happen. I know it's unlikely because we're not going to have, um, Tanaka and Cole for either of those. Uh, but come on, Booney, we got to figure out a way here. Let's get it done. Yeah. Some people have said this is our lowest point since that four game Red Sox sweep in 2018. I would contend that's worse. That's one of the most devastating yeah. series I've ever sat through. Yep. Uh, but this is really bad, and hopefully things trend up soon. But if you wanted to tune in to hear Yankee fans cry about uh, their bad lives, this is 35 pretty good minutes of that. Uh, that's it for this episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, and Spotify. Drop those reviews. We are beyond ready. Uh, cannot get any worse. <laughs> so if you have some negative comments for us, we are, we are bracing for it. Um, we will see you next week with a fresh batch of guests and new conversations and hopefully renewed optimism. Uh, until then, you can find me. I'm at Adam Weinrib on Twitter, and my name is Adam Weinrib. I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Also, we're running the Yanks Go Yard official Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Hit us up with questions, comments, whatever. We're getting enough trolls in the comments section on some of our uh, trade rumor talk, but that's it. We'll hear more from you hopefully over the weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Yeah, take care, everybody. As always, go Yanks. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about.
As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.